Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of the Product Marketing Experts podcast. I'm Jeffrey Vosel, and I am so excited to be with you all. Today, we have an amazing guest, Jasmine Jame, the Director of Product Marketing over at Intercom. And Jasmine and I talk about how you can manage stakeholders. As product marketers, we work with a lot of different groups, a lot of different people within the business. And this episode really brings you practical advice, practical tips that you can use in your day in and day out as a product marketer on how to improve your relationship with others across the business, how you can level up as a product marketer, how you can build the bridge between maybe yourself and the customer service team, as an example. I'm so excited to bring this episode to you, and I'm really grateful to Sharebird for partnering on this show. Sharebird is the peer mentoring platform for product marketers. It's a place to discover on-demand resources to help you with your product marketing. And to view past episodes, check out the Sharebird website, sharebird.com. Shout out to our sponsor, Clue. Clue is the leading competitive enablement platform for product marketers that want to drive revenue for their business. It helps product marketers to easily collect, curate, and distribute insights that enable your revenue teams to beat their competition. Now let's dive in to the conversation with Jasmine. Welcome everyone back to the Product Marketing Experts Podcast Season 2. We are so excited to have you. I am here today with Jasmine Jame, Director of Product Marketing at Intercom for Support and Platform Solutions. I'm so excited to have Jasmine with me today. She's an experienced PMM who manages groups of PMMs over at Intercom, has been through a lot in her career, knows a ton about stakeholder management, and I'm excited to get a little bit of her wisdom and share it with you all today. Welcome, Jasmine. Thanks. Excited to be here. Maybe we should start at the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about your career path on becoming a PMM? What did that look like? How did you get to now being a director of PMM at this amazing company, Intercom? Yeah, as is very common with lots of product marketers I speak to, I had a not very linear move into product marketing. I started off knowing I wanted to work in kind of media. I studied journalism at university and started in kind of editorial jobs. And then I moved to a company called Bramwatch that does social media analytics software. And I actually started an analytics sort of report writer role and then quickly took a look at the marketing team. I was like, I want to work over there. And so I moved into marketing actually as a community manager initially. So I was doing social media and content. And then we got a new head of marketing who wanted to introduce a product marketing team. And I'd never heard of product marketing, didn't know what it was, but I knew the product inside and out and thought it sounded fun and I wanted to try it out. And so I I became the first PMM there. I found I really enjoyed it and then over time grew the PMM team and ended up leading the PMM team before I moved over to Intercom. So definitely not a direct route, not a role I knew existed when I was kind of thinking about my career when I was younger, but one I very happily fell into. That's amazing. As a PMM myself, we all have interesting career paths, right? Like there doesn't seem to be two PMMs with a similar or the same career path and their way into product marketing, but that's awesome. And I yeah, love the definitely. view into marketing, right? Like that's the fun team. <laughs> I, I want to be a part yeah. of the fun team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. So tell me a little bit about your role at Intercom. So you oversee the product marketing team for support and platform solutions. Can you talk to me a little bit about what that is and what your team looks like and what you do? 
Yeah, for sure. So at Intercom, we focus on primarily two solutions that we sell our product for. One of them is for support teams and one of them is for marketing teams. And so my group within PMM owns product marketing for the support solution. And so knowing our support audience inside out and marketing our product to that audience and also covers what we kind of broadly define as platform, which is essentially the underlying features that serve both solutions so things like our messenger, our data platform and our app ecosystem and partnerships. So we look after those pieces as well as the kind of overarching positioning and messaging for Intercom at the level above the solutions. So I currently have five people within my team, all who focus on slightly different areas within that support and platform area. That's amazing. And it sounds like a really diverse group focused on a lot of awesome responsibilities there at Intercom. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to be able to have that kind of breadth of different areas. And it's grown over time. When I first joined Intercom, I was solely focused on our developer platform and our APIs and getting people to build apps. And then that expanded over time to include more platform features like the messenger and the data platform. And then just recently, I took on the support solution as well. Amazing. And it sounds like your group in particular, and I know there's other PMMs even outside of your group as well, but it sounds like your group in particular is serving a number of different audiences, right? Like it sounds like you're partially serving developers, partially possibly marketers, if it's fair to make that assumption. <laughs> when you as the group leader, as the director of PMM, how do you think about managing your team? How do you make sure that those stories are all laddered up to the core story that Intercom is, is ultimately telling in the market? Yes, Stephanie has always been a challenge with Intercom because we have so many different types of buyers who use Intercom for different use cases. Like we have that support use case, we have marketing and sales teams using Intercom and also other teams like product and product marketing. It's always been a challenge of focus, I guess, and making sure we're not trying to tell too many stories at once, because if we try to speak to all of those use cases, no one would know what Intercom was. And that's actually a project I kind of undertook a year or so ago at Intercom was trying to define what Intercom is, because if you asked our customers and even our staff, they probably would have given you a different answer to that question. But over the last 12 to 18 months, we've really honed in and are focusing on our support solution because that's what kind of one of our biggest markets there. And that has provided some really clear direction for us. And we still speak to our marketing use case as well, but we think about messaging in terms of kind of levels and we have a messaging framework for what message will tell to different audiences and depending on where people are in the funnel. So all the way from our very high level company level messaging all the way down to the solutions and then the individual features themselves. And that allows us to really figure out, okay, what story are we telling for new prospects? What's the core thing we want them to know? What's the story we're telling our existing customers in each use case? And that helps give us all something to look to in a direction which helps keep us consistent and aligned. And we recently went through the exercise of actually trying to map out a longer term view of the narrative. So you want to tell in the market over the year. And that's been really helpful for getting alignment with product on, okay, what do we want to say in the market and to these different audiences? What do we want to build to support those narratives and actually define a kind of primary story and then on a quarterly basis, these secondary stories that we want to tell. And then that allows us to kind of rally marketing and sales and product all around the same stories to make sure we're telling those stories consistently. 
Wow. I love that. That was an amazing <laughs> answer. And there's so much there that I feel like we can dig into. <laughs> I recently went through a similar project. So I'm over at Iterable, a cross-channel messaging platform, and recently went through a similar project. Not so much what is Iterable, but what's the narrative that we're telling? And I feel like it was similar to the story that you just told, where you talk to so many different people and they tell you all different things as to what your solution or your software is capable of. So mm. for me, that really resonates. And I love the messaging framework. That's really fascinating and a really great way to, to approach it. Do you break that down by personas as well? Or was it really just based off the market and the stage of the funnel that you're targeting? Yeah, but by stage and by persona or segment. So it's really like we're at the highest level, the kind of company level messaging and a high level product messaging should be consistent across kind of use cases and segments. But then when we get down into the solution level messaging, that's where it starts to diverge and we have different kind of messaging for those different segments or use cases. And so it's a little bit of a mixture as you kind of go down that hierarchy. Got it. That makes a ton of sense. And I love that. So with all of these stories that you're telling out into the market, how do you make sure that you're maybe breaking through the noise? Obviously, MarTech is a very crowded space, right? We can look at Scott Brinker's MarTech super graphic and just see that <laughs> doubling or tripling kind of year over year, essentially, right? It just feels yeah. like, uh, I don't know if you've read the book, Blue Ocean Strategy, but it feels like we're in this kind of red ocean where it's this really crowded marketplace. And so with so many different tools available, so many different ways that buyers are potentially looking to use our software, how do you mm -hmm. make sure that Intercom kind of stands out amongst all of the competition with those narratives that you're telling. Yeah, I've been in Intercom for around five years. And in even just within those five years, seeing how crowded the market around us has become, like in the early days, there really weren't that many kind of messengers on the market for businesses. And now there are so many options and so many different support tools and so on. So that is always a challenge, but it's a cliche, but it really comes down to knowing your customers, knowing what's going to resonate with them and making sure that one, the stories we're telling actually speak to the pain points they have and speak in a language they understand and that resonates with them. And two, though, we actually have the product that they need. <laughs> and, you know, PMM plays a part in that in helping inform product roadmap and working with the product team to make sure that our strategy and roadmaps actually help solve those pain points so that it's not just hot air, right? What you're selling is actually living up to the promise of what you've told them in your marketing. And I think that naturally then leads to good reviews, word of mouth, and building a reputation as a brand and a product that is good and is solving those problems for those people. And so with those stories, it's just always making sure they're rooted in not what do we want to tell people necessarily, but like what do they need and what are they looking for and then aligning to that. Amazing. Love that. And I mean, with all of these different stories you're telling, with all of these different people within your product marketing team telling stories, I have to imagine there's a lot of alignment that you need to do uh, across all of your PMMs. Talk to me a little bit about, especially as a leader within a product marketing team, how do you manage and prioritize even a lot of those stories that you're telling? Yeah, it's, prioritizing is a difficult one given our product team and our R&D teams ship 
very frequently, which is great. And it's great for our customers in terms of like getting new features and innovation, but it does present a challenge for us as a PMM team. And how do we tell everyone about all of these things? How do we make sure that we're not over messaging people or telling them, you know, conflicting kind of messaging or one minute talking about a support feature and one minute talking about a marketing feature to the same audience. And so prioritization is really key as well as being really targeted about who we're telling what message to. And part of that comes through kind of the messaging framework and narratives I spoke to. And part of it comes to things like our tiering framework that we use to kind of tier product launches, for example. So some launches will only announce to a specific segment of our existing customer base. Some launches will put out into the market to be prospect facing. It really depends on what the feature is um, or what the story is and the kind of goal of the launch for that. And so that has helped along with things like bundling features together to tell a more compelling story and tell that story all at once rather than spreading out and messaging them every day. So that's been really key. And that has been a continuous process of getting aligned with our product team, making sure they're comfortable with bundling and with the stories we're telling, working very closely with other teams within the marketing team, like our customer lifecycle marketing team to make sure we have the right targeting and we're segmenting our users in the right way. So there's a ton of work and that It's not something developed overnight and still more we want to do, but that helps us make sure those stories come across to our users when and where makes sense and that we're not kind of pitching a marketing feature to someone who's using us for support and doesn't care about that feature at all. Totally. Yeah. It reminds me of a tweet that I saw the other day from Dan Murphy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's the director of PMM at Privy. And Dan, if you're listening to this, I apologize. I'm probably going to mess up uh, exactly (laughs) what you said, but it was something to the nature of your brand gets your dinner guests to your front door to check out the menu. Your demand gen team gets them actually into seats and your product marketing team makes sure that you're not serving steak to a vegan. And I love that. It was a perfect (laughs) encapsulation of what I think we do and kind of what you said more or less and what we're doing in product marketing. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And I also like that pinpoints PMM, not just as like the people who launch the stake, but actually make sure it's going to the right people. Right. We're not just good cooks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I can talk all day about messaging and writing. It's (laughs) something I'm personally very passionate about, but I do want to just back myself up, reel myself in a little bit here. (laughs) And curious, like one of the things I think that's really interesting about product marketing, and frankly, if we're being real, one of the things that's really challenging about product marketing is we're pulled in so many different directions. We have so many stakeholders across the organizations that we work within that it can be really difficult difficult at times, right? And so how do you as a leader, as a product marketer, successfully build those relationships across teams? And maybe if you have like a secret or two on how you prioritize some of those things, please share (laughs) with me and the audience. I think we'd love to hear it. Yeah, of course. I'll do my best. I think building good relationships with stakeholders in all different teams is kind of key to being successful as a PMM. I just really think it's so core and being able to get buy-in and manage people in other teams, even when they don't report to you. And that relationships piece is just at the core of that and building credibility and mutual respect and trust with those stakeholders in different teams is 
is the first step really. And that takes time. I think, you know, some of, I'm not sure I have secrets exactly, but some of the things I think about when building those relationships with other stakeholders is one, just making sure I'm talking to them and understanding and listening to them about their goals, what they're trying to achieve, helping them understand my goals and my team's goals as well, and finding that common ground. And then making sure you build credibility by doing the things you say you're going to do, being a kind of good partner to those other teams in terms of supporting them. Even things like celebrating other teams' work and things like that can really help. And making sure that you're not just talking to those stakeholders when you need something. I think that's one of the key things I've learned over my career so far is the need to build continuous relationships with people and not just like, oh, I need something from this person. So I'm going to set up a meeting with them and I've never spoke to them before and we don't really know each other. Like you really need to build that foundation of the relationship um, to get the best from your working relationship. And obviously prioritizing the people you work most closely with makes sense. You know, for us, that's obviously the product team and the sales team, but also other teams within marketing. And so trying to build that credibility with them making sure you understand what they're after and what they're trying to achieve and then adjusting the way you communicate with them to that so making sure they understand that you're trying to help you both be successful in your roles and ultimately help the business be successful is is kind of key 100 agree yeah it really is a truly a long game right you can't just go to somebody as you said when you need help with a project or there's something last minute too right it's really a long game of truly building a relationship caring having empathy for not only the other teams that you're working with but the actual individuals themselves and yeah. what they're facing and so much of that ties into outside of the four walls so to speak of the companies that we work mm -hmm. within it ties to our customers and having empathy for them as well yeah, definitely. And like, you can maybe get away with the short notice ask or asking a favorite, but you can only do that so many times before that person's going to stop helping <laughs> you if you're not giving anything back either. Exactly. I agree 100%. And when you think about how you've built those relationships and how you maintain those relationships and grow them over time. Is it a structure or a process that you set up? Do you set up regular one-on-ones with these mm -hmm. folks or coffee chats? I know when I was at HubSpot, I would just set up informal coffee chats and I liked keeping them informal because it felt less structured. It felt more mm -hmm. personal. I wouldn't set them up last minute. I would set them up weeks or months ahead of time, but I would regularly have these coffee chats across teams. And ultimately I spent almost six years at HubSpot, but by the kind of close to the end of my tenure there, I had great relationships across the team and that served me really well. I'm curious how you kind of do that over at Intercom and how you've done it throughout your career. Yeah, I think similar to what you said, setting up regular time, you know, the people I work with most closely, which these days are the, my sort of counterparts within the product team, I make sure we're meeting some of them I meet weekly and some of them maybe bi-weekly and the same with some other leaders within the marketing team, just to keep that regular staying in sync with what your different teams are doing, making sure you're uncovering any issues. Often I find those conversations, you might think like, well, I don't really have that much to update on this week, but then you get talking and you uncover various things like, oh, I didn't know your team was doing X, Y, Z. And so just having that regular scheduled time is really helpful. But outside of that, yeah, doing coffee chats or chatting to people on Slack, or if you see something they've done, they've given a presentation at the company or have, 
Cannes or at Show and Tell or something. Give it in slacking them and sharing your feedback and recognizing their work as well. All of those things, I think, help build relationships. It's obviously much harder now remote because there's way less spontaneity. You have to actually schedule a coffee chat, which doesn't feel quite as casual, I guess, when right. you're staring at a screen um, and you don't run into people in the kitchen and all, all of those kind of things that also help. So you do have to be a little bit more deliberate about it, which I definitely at first found a bit less comfortable <laughs> than the more like in-person version of it. But I also throughout my career, I've always kind of taken the approach of saying yes to as many things as I can, be that social occasions for work or celebrations or training our company runs, or we do these, especially now we do these company-wide events where we do a cooking course or whatever it might be. And so taking those things up because it's just a really nice way to meet other people in the company that you don't talk to all the time. And you just never know know it's just great to have those connections throughout the company and not just in a sort of cynical like so I can get something from them kind of thing but it's just nice to have relationships with people in different orgs and hear about what their teams are doing and help share what your team is doing and over time I think that just really helps build up those relationships and your visibility as well so yeah mostly just being up for (laughs) hanging out with people in all different scenarios and building those connections. Awesome. That's a great insight. And I totally agree. By the way, being a being a yes person is difficult. I can totally empathize <laughs> with you, but it can get difficult, especially as you get closer and closer to maybe a big launch or mm-hmm. just a big event where you're really busy. So hopefully you've been able to successfully manage your time and still have some time for yourself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you do have to be protective of your time and have a balance. And also it's not easy for everyone, you know, if you have kids or other commitments and I don't have kids, I can hang out after work fairly easily. You know, those kind of things It is easier for some than others, which is actually why I appreciate Intercom schedules things, especially in this remote world, like during the working day, which has its own challenges, right? If you're busy, but it does mean at least you're not taking up people's kind of personal time as well. But yeah, it's being a yes person, but not not to the extent that you completely burn yourself out because you have no time. Absolutely. And talking about building these relationships, I've heard and talked to a lot of product marketers who have been trying to build these relationships. They feel like maybe with product, they run into some walls or they feel like with sales, Mm -hmm. they're not hitting the right notes or with other teams. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you've successfully built those great relationships and even maybe taking it a step beyond just that and kind of proving your value to the product team and the sales team and other stakeholders that product marketing works very close with? I'm definitely lucky at Intercom that ever since I joined from the early days, product marketing always had a kind of seat at the table. We're a product-driven company, and so product marketing is kind of very important from the off. And that definitely helps. Like I have talked to some PMMs in other companies who are doing everything they possibly can, but if structurally there isn't this respect for product marketing as a function, it's way more challenging, um, especially if you're not in 
in a leadership position. So Intercom definitely started from an easier place than perhaps in some companies. But ultimately, people are going to value your input and respect your team if you can demonstrate the value you can offer to both them and to the company. And I think that comes from, as I said earlier, understanding what they care about and making sure that you can show them how you can help with what they care about. And to give an example of this, in the past, product marketing was very launch focused, which is very common in product first startup-y type companies because you're shipping all the time and you just need to get stuff out. And so PMM tend to become like a bit of a launch machine and you just do lots of launches. And by doing those launches, you know, that did help build our credibility as a team and show the product team that we helped get the things they were building out to our customers and they could see the value in that. And then building that trust and credibility helped us then further expand the types of work we were doing. And we set a goal kind of 18 months, two years ago, that we wanted to be more strategic as a team and not spend all of our time on launches and spend more of our time on strategy. And so we pushed towards that. And part of that was being pushing to be more involved in roadmap conversations and product strategy conversations. And because we built up that credibility by demonstrating the value we could have through launches and, you know, when we're developing messaging, showing how close we are to customers and that we understand our customers and the market, and then showing how we could actually translate those insights, not just to launches, but to feed into strategy as well, helped us get in the room and get in those conversations. And so that's just an example of how it's not going to happen overnight, but building that credibility and trust and like being close partners and making sure you're demonstrating what that value is to them or how you can help. And also that you're not trying to take over. We weren't trying to do the road mapping or encroach on the product team's skills and responsibilities, but we did want to help support and actually input into that and help them. And I think that's key so that people don't feel, you know, maybe defensive or closed off because they're worried you're trying to take something from them either. I love that analogy. And that's a really helpful example of what you've been through. I've heard a few times throughout my career that product marketing can be a little bit like a NASA functionality for (laughs) those of you who may like space. And actually, it's maybe a fair analogy, but I think it misses actually some of the context where we don't just launch things, as you said, right? Maybe that's a bit of the focus as your product marketing team grows or depending on the size and stage of your company or whatever the case may be, right? But we really should help along the process of building the rocket ship. And then launching it too, right? And determining we're going to the the right planet, I guess. But (laughs) that being said, I'll stop using this analogy now. Um, But but with that said, I think your example is wonderful. It really relies on building those relationships over time and ensuring that you maintain and deepen those relationships over time Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, definitely. Maybe real quick, I'm curious, do you have any tips for people coming into product marketing right now? We see it on amazing sites like Sherbird and across places like Product Marketing Alliance. We see this influx of people interested in product marketing. I'm sure you see it in your team. Can you talk a little bit about how do you coach or advise new product marketers to handle stakeholders and grow relationships with stakeholders? And then I'm also curious on the flip side of that question, how do you help more senior members of your team or folks who are maybe just established in product marketing better those relationships or deepen those relationships? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think for those who are newer to product marketing or earlier in their careers, coaching, I usually focus on, you know, just helping them build that muscle and know how to build those relationships. Because if you haven't really done much of that before, I've been in a role where that's not so important. It doesn't always come naturally. And so helping people identify like who the right people are to build relationships with, encouraging them to almost over communicate my personal style is to the side of over communication rather than under because I think we all know you have to repeat things multiple times for things to stick and it just helps with visibility especially if you're in a growing company it's very fast moving you can never really communicate too much <laughs> because there's just so much going on all the time so yeah helping people develop those communication skills know when is the right time to loop different stakeholders in making sure you know with my team suggesting like have you run this by this person or have you asked feedback from this person and making sure they're making those connections and it's kind of my job to spot those gaps and coach them towards them so that they are making sure they're involving the right people and building relationships with the right people. I think uh, as people get more senior, it's less so about teaching them how to build those relationships and hopefully by that point they've developed on the communication piece and more about making sure they're getting visibility with the right people, more senior people and getting into the right conversations, which can sometimes be uncomfortable, right? You have to push yourself into conversations where it might be with people who are more senior than you, for example, or you might be going against the grain a little bit and presenting an idea that isn't necessarily what everyone thinks is the right thing to do and so the coaching there becomes much more about trying to get them access you know helping cheerlead for them helping celebrate their work making sure that they can connect with the right people and so that they can kind of build their own personal brand and their relationships with that kind of more senior level within the company and more senior stakeholders Makes a ton of sense. I love that advice. As you're growing in your career, who do you talk to? What are the right teams to talk to? What's the frequency? You know, what are the fundamentals essentially, right? Yeah. Of truly building those relationships. And as you grow more senior, it's kind of about fine tuning that skill set versus how do you grow the fundamentals? Yeah, definitely. And one of the things, I mean, I know not everyone loves them, but I'm a bit of a sucker for like personality type uh, analysis where you do those tests and they, you know, like discovery insights and things that tell you about different personality types. And there is always a danger of those things of kind of like pigeonholing people. But earlier in my career, when I first started managing, I found doing those kind of tests and discussing them with other peers and managers incredibly helpful for understanding, oh, this is my style and these are my strengths and these are the areas that don't come as naturally need to improve upon and that those aren't necessarily the same as someone else's but that doesn't mean that they're better or worse than you it just means you have different strengths and skills and you communicate in different ways and understanding okay this person is more likely to prefer kind of very to the point they want three bullet points and none of the detail whereas this person wants time to read through a much longer in-depth you know, write up and kind of understanding your audience, which is key to a PMM's role anyway, when we're talking to customers, but understanding your audience internally as well and adjusting your communication. And that's another thing, coaching team members who are like dealing with more senior stakeholders and what level of information they should be giving those senior stakeholders, how they should communicate it and all of those kind of things. So I know not everyone likes personality tests, but I found them very useful for better understanding myself and different communication 
communication styles, Adium. I am totally with you. I am a fan of the personality tests <laughs> as well. And I'm a little ashamed to admit I've taken more than I probably should have. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. As we wrap up this, Jasmine, talk to me a little bit about what's your outlook on the career product marketing? Obviously, there's an influx of people coming in. It's a really, really exciting time. You are leading a team. You're doing all these awesome things at Intercom. Talk to me a little bit about you know what's your outlook? What's to come in product marketing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really exciting time to be in product marketing. I remember when I first started in a product marketing role and trying to Google things and there just really was not that much information around or articles about it, especially in our industry or defined as product marketing. And so it's been really amazing to see the growth in the community and in communities like Product Marketing Alliance and Sharebird and having these resources and being able to connect with other PMMs. And actually learn from each other has been amazing. And I think we see that influx in people wanting to get into PMM. And we touched on this earlier, but people in PMM tend to come from like a very diverse set of different backgrounds and previous roles. And that's one of the things I really love about product marketing because it can look different at different companies. And so you can find a kind of strain of product marketing that suits you best, whether that's like a very messaging strategy focus, like GTM one, or like a more launch sales enablement. There's all different types and, and strains of PMM and all different types of people within it. So I think that's exciting. And I think we're more and more seeing now as well that people in PMM roles growing into more senior marketing roles, whether it's moving into CMO roles or VP roles. And I definitely think product marketers have some really amazing skills that help with those more senior, more kind of general marketing roles as well. And so I think sky's the limit. It's a great time to be in product marketing. It's being more and more recognized. More and more companies are taking it seriously and hiring PMMs early. I love the number of startups I see now who PMM is like their first or second marketing hire. And so that's very encouraging. So I think it has great prospects and would encourage anyone who's interested in marketing and is feels like kind of product focused marketing to go down this route. Awesome. Well, I totally agree. This guy is definitely limit. We've seen it all across the board with amazing companies like Apple promoting their head of product marketing to the lead marketing role to yeah. startups and so many other places as well. It's really an amazing time to be a product marketer. And thank you so much for being with us today and sharing all of your knowledge, Jasmine. I truly appreciate it. Any final words for everyone listening to us? Just keep on going. Uh, product marketing is often a very busy, exciting, challenging role. But I think most of us who are in this role are in it because we enjoy that variety and excitement. So yeah, just props out there to all of the PMMs working away. <laughs> 100%. Props out there to all the PMMs. <laughs> and thank you so much, Jasmine, for being with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been great. With Clue, you can build and deliver battle cards to help sales close more deals. Stay on top of your competitor's strategies and measure your competitive program's impact to the bottom line. Don't just compete, compete to win.